0: From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and defend ourselves against the leopard who lives in the basement on the other side of the wall from us as we try to sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until then, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Oh man, I, you know this pandemic, the 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 quarantine, the isolation, it's getting to me. Is it really? Well, you know, I have a very active social life.
1: Mhm. I knew that about and, you.
0: And 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 not being able to like sort of get out there and, you know, mix it up with my pals. It's uh, it's tough, I won't lie. I just, uh, I feel like the walls are, you know, closing in. I mean, the fungus is growing and they are literally closing in, but I mean metaphorically.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're saying I'm not pal enough for you is what you're saying.
0: It's just, you know, you, you give me so much. But sometimes I, I need, like, two people and not just one. Well, I Hmm. guess I'm another person. I guess I'm going to be my pal too. All right. I'm feeling better. Ah,
1: that's wonderful that it ended this way.
0: It is. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, it's kind of heartwarming ending.
1: Uh, Personally, you know, I'm finding the, uh, the pandemic is a-okay. I'm all right with it. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, there's the disease part. I'm sure you're not okay with that.
1: Well, I've got this disease collection that I've been working on for a really long time now. Oh, do tell. Yeah. And uh, I had all the bubonuses and all of the uh, leprosies and uh, getting kind of bored of them. But I had, yeah, I didn't have any COVID-19s. And now I've got like doubles and I can trade them for something I don't have.
0: So it's okay then that I took those bubonuses and spread them on uh, crackers. I was really, really hungry.
1: Well, this just means you're cultivating more for my collection.
0: Oh, cool! Inside you. Ah, uh, nice. Well, you know, on the day when I flop over, dead from the plague, from from with my with my buboes all painful and uh, and swollen, uh, you can harvest the uh, the the pathogen from me. Sure, me and my rat uh, friends. Yes, you, 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 man, you got all the pals. I no wonder, you're not lonely. You got rat pals. Rats. Rat pals, yeah. That's how you're writing out this pandemic.
1: Yeah, they're very sociable creatures, rats.
0: That's true. Sociable and hungry.
1: Yeah. So,
0: should we do a meeting? So, should we do, should uh, should we take attendance first? Yes. Yeah, always very important. Okay, um, let me take a look at my sheet here. Okay, uh, attendee number one, Chad Pluney. No. Nope. Well, There's nobody who even
1: looks like a Chad here.
0: No, no, there isn't. Um I was hoping to meet Chad Pluny. Uh you might not know it. He was uh, an obscure philosophy prof uh who went to who was taught at Carlton, uh, originally from Alberta. He became famous when he uh refused to change his underwear. And uh he claimed he started he went on YouTube and claimed that the uh, the government was passing laws that would uh, determine what kind of underwear he had to wear. And this was a violation of his freedoms. So
1: was he concerned that he would be forced to wear boxer briefs when he wanted to wear briefs? Well,
0: that's, or... that's pretty much it. I mean, he told he, he went on Joe Rogan uh, and he told Rogan that he would be brought up on a government tribunal if they didn't, if they didn't wear the correct, the politically correct undergarment uh, that government was trying to force. Down his throat. Uh,
1: I didn't know that the government had a preferred underpants. Like is uh, it, like underoos? I'd be down with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if only we were that lucky. Uh, no, actually, it turns out that uh, he had kind of made it up. Um, uh. Uh, or or he had thought, maybe he had misread something that he saw on the internet. Uh, and anyway, he called it cultural Marx and Spencerism. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he wrote a book called um, Twelve Gussets of Power, uh, which detailed in exhaustive in exhaustive detail why tidy whities were the best. Okay. Because they were traditional and manly, apparently. Right. Yep. Yeah. With many diagrams, which were disturbing in nature. Huh. Anyway, uh, he started advocating an all-paper diet and then uh, got addicted to those... Um, to those uh silica packets that you're not supposed to eat, oh dear, yeah. oh dear,
1: I can't imagine that turned out good for him
0: it 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 really did not uh so somehow though he's an incredibly popular speaker and uh rakes in gigantic amounts of money uh e- even though he's clearly a lunatic
1: right up there was like Jordan Peterson kind of thing
0: yeah oh yeah, that guy yeah, very similar very similar in some in yeah. some strangely um strange ways to Jordan Peterson, okay. Yeah and he's going to be uh, and, well i don't see him good oh and he, oh and you know why i just figured it out um i've mixed up the letters in the name it's not chad pluny at all it's just, it's just paul Oh, uh, that's me oh okay you're, so you're here
1: and in case you were wondering i'm wearing a zardoz cod piece
0: excellent i'm i'm very are you wearing like the uh, the bandoliers and everything Course. Yeah. <laughs> well, Comes yeah, with. that's you can't you can't go halfway. You can't go halfway with Zardoz. No. You gotta go all the way. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you have to reenact the whole movie. Every every once every week. Yeah. <laughs> you must go on You to the said park. you were getting bored. <laughs> here is here is Zardoz, actually sponsored by the Business Improvement District. <laughs> I bet. But Judith will be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, too too bad for her.
1: Yeah. I'm sure um, they would enjoy
0: it. I, yeah, actually, in the wintertime, they do Z- Zardoz on ice in the park. <laughs> Damn it! I wish <laughs> I
1: had seen that. I totally missed it.
0: I. I. I me too. Me too. I. I wish. I, I wish. I wish such such a thing were easily available on, yeah. on DVD and and VHS. For your home video library but alas
1: i I Um, want it on the ice rink downtown next year
0: yeah i think i think it's time to uh to start lobbying for for zardoz on ice yeah okay we'll have judith on and uh we'll we'll bring it up we won't won't let her know we'll just i'm making
1: i am making a note of this good
0: good good Me um all right so our next uh our next attendee uh radom goran well, no, nope. that's, that's a cool name. Uh, Radom I don't see him here. Uh, he's um, he's a cruel aristocrat who dwelt deep in the uh in the, in the interior of the Carpathian Mountains. Okay. Uh, he became obsessed with the game of risk. Oh. And uh, began to play it all hours, you know, the day and night, and uh, making everyone and his estate play it. And eventually, he transformed his estate into like a life. Scale, life-size scale model of 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 risk. So transforming pieces into people, and he began to capture like kidnap people from like nearby villages and yep. uh, force them to play Risk. Okay. For real. Yeah.
1: That sounds pretty exciting, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, eventually it all went wrong because he was so he was so angry that nobody was defending Kamchatka. Okay. which he viewed as like the most valuable territory in the game of Risk. Uh, he came out said, he
1: losing strategy at Risk, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but Kamchaka is key to, to losing terribly. Um, yep. So he, he came out and, uh, and the, uh, the, the villagers uh, recognized him immediately for who he was and uh, captured him in turn and uh, forced him to play Snakes and Ladders a real life version of snakes and ladders with um, angry venomous snakes and extremely faulty ladders, which was how he met his end. Oh, (laughs) R.I.P. Radom Gorin.
1: Oh, too bad. He can't be on the show phone.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, all that, all that like backstory, you'd think we'd usher him in.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised Um, you'd book him actually.
0: I mean too. Um, I should have thought beforehand, like I should have checked. If he was dead I should have read to the end of this little, little yeah. uh, blurb um unfortunately I didn't his promise um,
1: could have highlighted that line
0: yeah, I know like uh, they they really fell down I'm, I'm gonna have a word with I'm gonna have a word with this PR guy um but luckily for us um, if I take uh, Radom Gorin's name and rearrange the uh, the letters uh, you get Aiden Morgan oh that's you Yes, it is. So yeah. I, you know it, it works out. Yeah. Right. Cool. So, so you're anyways, here. So
1: I'm here. I, we have enough for a meeting.
0: We do well, but do we have not, quorum?
1: No, we don't have quorum. All right.
0: Okay, well we'll continue anyway.
1: Good. Um Yeah, we have a full agenda ahead of us, although I'm obsessed with this Zardoz on Ice idea.
0: I think yeah, that seems like suddenly more important than everything else.
1: Yeah uh if, okay. if only
0: sean connery was still around to uh, oh to my. either appreciate or or participate
1: i've already got the cod and bandoliers i mean i could just play the part
0: fair enough yes yeah just work on your like whatever sort of weird scottishy accent he always seemed to have and uh we got we got it down people won't even know the difference
1: see he always disdained everybody else's accent so much I feel like I could treat his, I could treat Scottish with the same disdain that he had for everybody else.
0: Ah, good point. Yeah. All right then. We we do that. Oh, I can't wait to get the big sort of like model of the, of that, like that crazy head. that was around spouting guns. Yeah. Uh, Just be a bunch of dudes in, uh, you know, like with tights and skates, you know, be great.
1: Yeah. I would watch the hell out of that. (laughs) Um, but you know what I actually watched the hell out of this week?
0: What, what did you watch the hell out of? Two
1: city council meetings. There was one city council meeting, your regular, your regularly scheduled council meeting, and then a bonus council meeting.
0: Wow. Like a, like a bonus level up round?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. yes. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it was, if you're a council fan, and if you don't have, if you have like 13 free hours over two days, to kill there was council to fill those 13 hours for you wow yeah uh yeah so there were two okay there were two meetings i thought we could talk about both of them uh the first meeting was on february 24th as i said the regular one um of the interesting items that were on the agenda that day uh i think the the one everybody was like kind of curious about or i was I was curious about was the city of Virginia recovery and efficiency review program okay and this appeared yeah trying to cover it no was there
0: was there a v in there yeah Yeah. review review all right it it works
1: okay yeah be yeah be more like (laughs) so I think this was Mayor Masters follow through and remember how like when she was running her job one was finding 15% efficiencies in all departments. I do recall. Okay. I think this is it, but here's my theory because this thing. So the first part is establish a multi phase efficiency review program. And they're going to do phase one. And it's going to be bringing in a consultant to help with this. And uh, but at the same time, coincident with this uh, is number two, establish a recovery and efficiency task force. Um, yeah. So the, the, they seem to be twinning efficiency with COVID recovery in the same thing, because I think if they were just saying, Hey, let's cut the budget. Um, that would look kind of mean spirited considering there's a pandemic.
0: Right. But if they say there's inefficiencies and in the wake of COVID-19, let's let's cut the budget
1: yeah in fact what they are saying is that now and this is administration saying this although you can never be too sure with these administration reports how much is you know how much is admin speaking from the heart and how much is admin uh expressing the will of someone else uh but they did say in their report that now, as we're going through the economic recovery, is the perfect time to um, to take a look at efficiency at City Council, or City Hall, sorry. Um, which I find a little disturbing because this sounds to me like disaster capitalism. Right? Like the idea that um, when there is a mass tragedy and there's like this massive disruption in systems, this is the point when you implement your nefarious neoliberal scheme to, you know, I don't know,
0: privatize yeah. everything at city hall, or yeah, or implement further efficiencies. Yeah, I mean that's uh, seems a little seems a little um, it's it's a bit striking. I'll put it yeah. that way.
1: I think Naomi Klein yeah. have, would have a chapter on this is what I'm saying
0: yeah.
1: but um, well, maybe
0: maybe the main efficiency they'll discover is that people breathe too much at city hall and they should cut their breathing by say twenty five percent
1: That might you know that would cut down on COVID transmissions too.
0: It, it would and I mean it would actually I mean and if you do it right, it would cut down on exactly one quarter of the workforce there
1: mm.
0: because they would stop breathing. Oh, and it would help with
1: morale because everybody would be giddy from hypoxia.
0: Yes, exactly. So you'd have these, like, you'd have like this, like, building full of like giggling uh, city hall employees. Yeah, Um, some of whom would be would be dead. You know, this is a pretty dark uh, vision of uh, of our near future.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm not looking forward to this. And, you know, I can't imagine we're going to come out looking fantastic in this efficiency review.
0: Probably. I mean, or, or maybe they'll say, wait a minute. Like the key to like really improving everything all along has been like living in the sub-basement, mm. surviving on vending machine sandwiches.
1: And not getting paid.
0: And not getting paid. And I think, I, I mean, I I think they might, you know, end up going with the leopard over us, but, right. you know, fingers crossed.
1: The great thing about not getting paid is that no matter how little we do, we are still like infinite return on oh, the I know. investment.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were like, we're, our, our, our ROI is through the roof.
1: Yeah. So I'll make sure to include that in our report when we uh, were asked for data for their efficiency <laughs> review. It's going to cost, it's going to cost them $250,000 for the phase one, uh, the uh, consultant. Um. I hope they save
0: $250,000 as a result at least. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I, I always find it amusing that there's never like a discussion of opportunity costs on this because they're also striking like a task force and Mm -hmm. a committee. And so there's, and there's going to be like rotating staff members on there. So there's going to be all of this administration requirement to conduct this. And it's taking time. Like the city manager is going to be on this committee. So, or the task force, I can't keep straight, which one's which. So, And a counselor. So there's going to be like a lot of, you know, staff time invested in this. Right. Um, And then we'll just do it again in however many years. We did our last uh, services review in 20, I want to say 17, but it could be later than that even. And then the last time they did a review like this that involved a third-party consultant was in 2004, 2005. Right. And if I was Chris Holden, the city manager, I'd be a little bit concerned. Cause the last time they did one of these, the end result was um the last city manager, who knows where he went.
0: Right. Uh, but that's they
1: right. ended up hiring Glenn Davies, the consultant who did the core services review.
0: <laughs> well that isn't that something. Nothing um, odd
1: there at all.
0: No, not not in the least. Um I was going to say it would be funny if the if the entire report was just one page, with the words "hire me" in uh, in bright letter bright red letters or something.
1: Yeah, and it was like a full color like headshot,
0: <laughs> doing jazz hands. That's right. Well, I, and I, it's, the thing is, I think I think whenever I hear efficiency reviews, I mean, it it can mean different things. I mean, mm. and there's there's the question of what do we mean by efficiency in the first place in the context of government. I mean, some things probably could stand to be more efficient, but some things you you don't, efficiency isn't a desired outcome Mm -hmm. in many cases. Inefficiencies like actually aid the process in certain ways. So will this consultant take that kind of thing into account or is it just going to be some kind of like brutal HR slash and burn? Mm Yeah, we don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know of too many like private corporations that uh, every decision has to go to a board of eleven people who debate these, who debate everything for thirteen hours over two days, and then suggest a bunch of surprise changes to everything.
0: Yay! Yeah. No, oh, this is going to be this is just going to be fun to watch unfold as uh as our new mayor comes up against the bizarre intransigence of of bureaucracy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there will be a very large six to seven figure number that comes out of this that will be cited as the uh, result of this process.
0: And if anybody uh, finds themselves out of a job, mm-hmm. they can always come work here in the basement. Oh, yeah. Us.
1: Any, anybody. We yeah. would love to hear stories from upstairs.
0: We would because no nobody, nobody talks to us. So. No, no. Please please tell us stories of upstairs.
1: It is sad hey on the subject of slashing and burning though, here this is one nice little detail. Uh, Sandra Masters's campaign was the fifteen percent, right? Right? Not mentioned anywhere in this report. There is no mention of a fifteen percent.
0: Mm, well i'm I'm not surprised.
1: neither am I. But yeah, so there is no actual target, uh, no savings target that this is going to be aiming for. Now, uh, also, this is only phase one, so they're going to be doing phase one of the sufficiency review. A report will come back to City Council, who will then get to decide if it's worth doing phase two. So,
0: what if what if they they came back and they said we are we think the biggest efficiency would be to replace the mayor with a robot, mayor mm. bot three thousand or a giant gunhead. Ooh, that's that's very strange oh but it would be in keeping with zardoz yeah <laughs> yes
1: what if
0: <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, well i mean no I'll, i'm running with this now what if the the consultant recommended that like zardoz on ice like actually the cast and crew of zardoz on ice run the city
1: yeah, and
0: and everything just turns into like, and the city itself just becomes like an endless Zardoz musical.
1: That would be so amazing.
0: I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, disagree with you on that.
1: Yeah, if all of your city services were supplied by hairy Scottish men in in uh, cod pieces and bandoliers
0: and and, and thigh high pirate boots. If I oh my god! god.
1: I forgot yeah. about the thigh high. But but,
0: but skates, obviously. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Thigh high skates. So that was the big item from the February 24th city council meeting. Um, Mm -hmm. There was also a review of Uber. And the only thing I wanted to say about the Uber review was uh, I did not know this, but there are 623 rideshare drivers in Regina at the start of 2020 and 338 by the end of the year. So they lost a lot of drivers. No surprise because COVID. Right. But I did not think there would be three hundred and thirty-eight uh, rideshare drivers in this city.
0: Yeah, because when I go outside, I don't see them. Me neither. Are they hiding? Are they all driving behind me very slowly? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I think they're waiting for you to wave your app around.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And then they'll then they'll crowd me. Yep. And and force me at gunpoint to go places. Yeah. I don't know how it works.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of Uber drivers out there, um, so watch out.
0: <laughs> They're coming for you, the yeah. Uber drivers.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that review didn't really – the review of the Uber just basically was an update on where everything is. Um, there's going to be another report a year from now, just to give the council another update on this. Councillor Stevens has uh, expressed a great deal of frustration because there have been so many reports and so many meetings dedicated to uh, Uber and rideshare and uh, taxis as well. And uh, I share his frustration. It's uh, it's an awful lot.
0: Do you? But do you rideshare his frustration?
1: Hmm. You know, I was going to, but there's so much surge pricing on uh, <laughs> right. on Stevens' Stevens's uh, Stevens's outrage.
0: <laughs> That's right. But what you think, yeah, it's like forty-five times the regular amount of outrage. Yeah, yeah, just next thing you know, your cards are all maxed out.
1: Yeah. So no, I can't afford. Uh, <laughs> I can't afford to join Counselor Stevens on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways, um, we should probably segue into uh, that thing—the innovative revenue tools that we play.
0: Do opt that thing? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And do do you have an innovative revenue tool this week for us?
1: I don't. Do you have one?
0: Uh, I, I I do not. I think I think we uh, we basically spent all of our innovative revenue tool juice uh, on um, on Zardoz on Ice.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is our innovative revenue tool.
0: Yeah, you, you charge. You either charge admission to see Zardoz on Ice, or you you send all all the Zardazes, Um I know that's not the character's name, but you send them all around uh, with their with their pistols and their thigh high boots and and terrify slash arouse people into giving them money.
1: I think it's canon now that people walking around like that are Zardozes.
0: <laughs> it, no, I think the character's name was Zed, but they no, they they're, they are all Zardozes.
1: We should hire Zardozes for the city commissioners. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah. They'd be like, you know, giving out tickets, telling kids to move on. Yep. Just checking in to make sure that the stores aren't like being attacked by gunheads. Yep, yeah,
0: exactly. I think that would be a a very that would be a terrifyingly 1970s way to run the city. And I'm down with it. Or <laughs> I mean I don't know what happens in the wintertime, though. I mean it's not really winter wear to be asardos.
1: You just got to grow your body hair out.
0: I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You just you just get you just get like a pelt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And any other
0: Standards, yeah. He could just work them all. <laughs> That's like instead of mall sanders, Instead of mall dogs. <laughs> oh my god, I want one of those too. <laughs> instead of a bell, he just you know occasionally like fires off his pistol.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, with that, we will move on to the pre recorded innovative revenue tools, all right? Now The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District, improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. And we're back from innovative revenue tools.
0: You know you know what I miss? I miss, I miss the outdoors uh, can, the outdoors um, coffee shops coffee shops, uh, Zardoz on ice, Zardoz on ice uh, and human touch. Uh, yeah. Usually, which I would only get after watching Zardoz on ice. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, no, I, I miss Kenton's uh, Regina facts.
1: Oh, I do too.
0: Yeah. It's been a long time since we've had any. So I we
1: will. Should... We should reach out to him again and uh, get yes. them going again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I feel that if we don't have them, uh, the sum total of knowledge about Regina will diminish hmm. until, until... N- nobody even knows anything about the city anymore.
1: Yeah. And if people don't know anything about the city, they'll stop believing in it and then it will disappear.
0: Right. And there'll be nothing but like a, a lone, sad Zardoz skating in a circle.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. And a big field of white.
0: And a big field of white. Yes. Yep. Which actually sounds like the movie Zardoz, now that I think about it. Mm. And the downtown right now. And at the downtown <laughs> that too. Anywho. Yeah.
1: Um. What else is new? There's more. There was another council meeting. Did I tell you about that? There were two. Um.
0: I. I have heard of such a thing.
1: Yeah. So they had a special council meeting. Uh, this was about. The cookhouse, this was like, it was somewhere between meeting one billion and meeting five that they've hmm. had on the cookhouse. It's been so <laughs> it feels like infinite number of meetings on the cookhouse. Um, so for anybody who has somehow managed to miss the cookhouse saga, what's going on there is there's a house on Albert Street. Uh, it was on the heritage holding bylaw which was a list of the most awesome houses in in Regina and buildings that, you know, if any, the the deal with the heritage holding bylaw was that the city, uh, this was decades ago, they went around, they found houses that they thought were of architectural significance. They contacted the owners. They said, we want to put your house on this holding bylaw. And basically what it meant was they determined that these houses were so important that they should be considered for heritage designation. But if somebody were to consider to buy one of these places and consider tearing it down, that it would uh, trigger a process where there was a 60-day period where council got to decide whether or not to save the house by turning it into a heritage property. Hmm. So that's been on the books for years. And this history of how the heritage bylaw came to be, the heritage holding bylaw, uh, was is lost knowledge. Like whenever it gets asked of administration where it came from, they don't know. And council doesn't know. Nobody really knows the heritage bylaw history. Um, I actually learned this from uh, Heritage Regina, the group that uh, the watchdog, the heritage watchdog group in Regina. So the cookhouse was on the heritage holding bylaw. Uh, Somebody purchased it knowing that it was on the heritage holding bylaw. Carmen Lean was the name of the person. Mm -hmm. and uh, decided that he wanted to tear it down. Now, because uh, historically uh, you had pretty good odds if you decided to tear down a house in the heritage holding bylaw, the council would say, absolutely, tear that damn thing down. It's (laughs) an eyesore. We hate it. Put up a cinder block of concrete in its place, please. Um, So he made that plan. He was going to tear it down. He was going to put a multi-unit condo building up there. Uh, But all of a sudden council is now saying we don't want to lose any more heritage property. So they designated the cookhouse, a heritage property. They took this option in those 60 days to declare it a heritage property. This has only happened a handful of times. So it was a big deal. Um, Carmen lean, uh, when it came to bylaw time, he appealed this and there was a big discussion about it. Um, And so it's a heritage building now. (laughs) And uh Carmen Lean came with a counter offer. I didn't even know you could do this uh, come back with a counter offer and his counter offer was to take the house, tear down the bulk of what you can't see from the street because really, in a heritage designation, only the facade is protected, not the okay. interior. So he was going to gut it, take out the back, and move the the pretty part of the facade like a whole house length to the north on the lot and then build a condo development and incorporate that facade into the condo development. In grand total, the condo development would have 16 units and uh, 34. I'm not making this up. 34 parking spots for this condo development.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. 24 would be underground. And this is in, Lakeview, historic Lakeview. Oh my god. So, um, this was his plan that he brought to council. Now, in defense, in Mr. Lean's defense, the uh condo portion that he was going to add on to the cookhouse was actually quite lovely. They did his architect did a lovely job, proposed a very lovely build that I would love to see anywhere. Um, but uh, it was going to get built uh, in Lakeview. Um, this came to council. Now I've been covering council for a very long time. And when the city proposed a few years ago to, uh, get rid of single family dwelling zoning so that it would be possible to put a duplex as infill in a neighborhood that had, uh, just single family homes, the city freaked out and inundated counselors with phone calls saying, you cannot let them put duplexes in our oh. single-family neighbourhoods. That is not allowed. Um, and so council totally caved, because at that point, this was the most feedback they had ever received on an issue before. was over the duplexes. Here we have a house being turned into a 16-unit condo development in historic snooty Lakeview. And they did a, a consultation. And because it's COVID times, their consultation was online. And the uh, the report on the Cookhouse uh, proposal came back and it has 600 people saying they were completely opposed to this development, which tracks with what I know about how these things go. That uh, yeah. there will be a really motivated group of residents who do not want any change in their neighborhood, especially one that involves increasing the density in their neighborhood. Because that
0: brings people in. Yeah. People they don't know.
1: Right. Right. Uh, and 34 parking spots, so 34 cars. Um, also, this building would be 1.1 meters too tall for the neighborhood and would uh, move the front of the house three meters closer to the sidewalks than it had been before either of those things would be enough for the community to the, the neighbors to reach for the, uh, metaphorical torches and pitchforks. Right. So 600 totally except. Oh, and also there was a citywide campaign of save the cookhouse of like little yellow signs being put up on houses all over the center part of the city. So yeah, 600, I get, but in this consultation, the number of people who said they were 100% in favor of this development with no changes was 1,171.
0: That's a nice number.
1: Yes. So almost twice as many people said they were in favor of it as said they were opposed to it. So immediately I was like, there is no way (laughs) there is absolutely no way this is possible. This is this, defies the last decade of attending meetings about uh, infill developments.
0: It is, it, is a, it is a sharp turn from the norm.
1: Absolutely. So when you turn the page... To see uh, some more information about how this uh, was conducted, we learned that it was of those 1,171, 800, well, close to 900 of them uh, were anonymous responses. So presumably these were through email addresses or through um, an online survey. Uh, They didn't uh, didn't explain in detail how this worked. Uh, And when you go to the responses that you could actually track, uh, you had actual names, the numbers completely flipped. All of a sudden it was one and a half times as many people were saying they were opposed as the number of people who said they were in favor. So the minute you actually had to attach your name or not like spam an online form, because one of the things that you can do with any city uh, consultation form is uh, enter your responses, clear your cache and respond again. So my suspicion is that's what was going on. There was some monkey business going on with this survey. Hmm. Administration looked, uh, just based on reading between the lines of this report, administration was pretty sure this was true as well, because they broke down, they've never done this before, they broke down where in the city responses were coming from if they could uh, track the location of the respondent. And uh, they found that... Uh, on their map of people who were 100% in support of the uh, redeveloping Cookhouse as a 16-unit condo development, almost all of those responses were coming from Harbor Landing and Albert Park, so the suburbs down in the south. And for the people who were totally opposed, most of those responses were coming from Lakeview, so the people who actually lived in the neighborhood. So... Um, yeah. Council didn't listen to these (laughs) 1,174 people who were opposed to this or who were in favor of this. And I can't say I'm surprised. Um, Increasing density from one to 16, putting in 34 parking stalls. Um, this is not a serious, like I'm stunned the developer thought this was a serious, uh, Proposal. This is a troll. Like this is, this was, you could not design something to offend the sensibilities of Lakeview more perfectly than this development.
0: Precisely. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's almost as if they had only ever done stuff in say Harbor landing or I don't know, Cooperstown, which does not exist yet, but you know, coming up at some point. Town, I can't remember what they're calling it, but uh, yeah yeah that's uh, that is that is kind of hilarious yeah it's
1: yeah um, so I do have I do have a little bit of audio from that meeting that's kind of interesting um, and I should mention we are on 91.3 F M CJTR Regina Community Radio
0: tuned into the community.
1: That we are, um, yeah. This audio is from Councilor, uh, sorry, Mayor Masters, speaking about the cookhouse situation. It's about three minutes long. I'm just gonna ah, gonna share it with you right now. Please, as soon as I can find it.
2: I'll get to my questions. When did these five applications contained within uh, this uh, request? What was the original date of the five applications? Yeah. Through you, um, Mayor Masters, it was July of 2020. Yes. Or for these applications, yes. When was the application for demolition? That was in 2019. Or oh, pardon me, 2018. 2018 a while for the heritage, I understand. Um, I'm going to echo some of the comments of Councillor Bresciani in terms of the difficulty uh, with which this put counselling to say that I'm frustrated is an understatement. Um, And at the core of it, it would seem to be once again that we continue to speak to an OCP as being a guiding principle, but the OCP is only effective with updated neighbourhood plans, um i would love to defend the city as it relates to the comments made by one of the delegations about our being 15 to 20 years behind and upon researching the idea and notion of intensification sure enough the doctoral student wrote one for the city of vancouver in 1992 a little bit longer than that it is the job of the city to understand the issues and characteristics patterns in a neighborhood. The city has to understand what is happening in an area in order to discover what may work as it comes to intensification. My issue with the timing of the application and being here at the end of February in 2021 is that there is no winner here. Uh, We have an entire community who um, is upset, rightfully so. We have an individual who bought a home and was looking to do something different And uh, if the recommendations as presented go forward, uh, he's going to be not winning either. And we have a heritage policy under review, which was changed in 2017. Um, I only have one vote here, but I'm not interested in heritage policies coming forward that are split apart. I'd rather see it all together as a package. Intensification only works. The, The intensification on its own is not a good thing Just because it exists doesn't mean there's social benefit from it. I do not accept that 16 units on Albert Street in Regina is Regina's salvation. Nor do I accept that someone makes an application and nine months later comes before council and creates an enormous amount of divisiveness in our community, wastes money and time, so we have some work to do, it would seem, on both uh, intensification as it relates to conversion of infill, our heritage policy clearly. There was an enormous amount of work that went into this final document, and I do appreciate that. There was an enormous amount of work put in by private residents, by Heritage Regina, and by Mr. Carmen Lee, and anyone supporting his um, this process is unacceptable that's going to be my final statement Mr. Findura please close off the report
1: all right oh mayor's not happy
0: no I mean that's uh yeah that's that's pretty strong
1: yeah extremely Uh, in defense of administration on this uh, I think this was a particularly determined developer on this project I don't know that uh, they would be turned down to do something so many times and keep coming back to council trying to like find a way to make it work. Um, Especially since Carmen Lean used to work at City Hall, Uh, I'm surprised that he didn't know that uh, his uh, the house that he was buying uh, could end up in the you know mired in the process that it's currently mired in. Um, I think that's completely that should have been completely. foreseeable
0: yeah yeah i agree uh
1: adding sorry adding to the mayor's uh just uh sort of disgruntlement though i think is going to be a report coming up at planning commission uh this week uh so tomorrow um through all this discussion of the cookhouse and Bagshaw residence, uh, that was a house in the uh, Crescents neighborhood that uh, council considered giving heritage designation to, but it was determined the house is actually caving in on itself. So it right. will be torn down because it can't be saved. Um, they wanted to, they wanted administration to explore imposing uh, a heritage district on the Crescent's neighborhood, and then see about what would be the process to impose other heritage districts. One of the places that would be considered would be that strip of heritage homes along Albert Street, which would include the Cook residence. Um the report that came back from administration, though, does not actually come up with any guidelines on how to impose a heritage designation on the Crescents. What it does instead is basically kicks the can down the road until the neighborhood plan for uh, the cathedral neighborhood is completed. Uh, the administration is currently going neighborhood to neighborhood, doing neighborhood plans to finally complete our official community plan that's been in the work for years. Um, the disturbing thing here though, is that they do point out in their report that the the current cathedral neighborhood plan uh, in section 2.6 says that it encourages the implementation of a heritage conservation district, especially areas east of Elphinstone, Victoria Avenue, and of particular interest, the Crescents area. So it's already in the uh, current neighborhood plan to impose a heritage conservation district on the Crescents. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is like a mandate already there to do this administration has said, no, 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 no. We got to do a new neighborhood plan. Uh, if you are concerned about the pace at which things get completed in this city, though, note that that call for a heritage conservation district on the Crescent area is from 40 years ago. Hmm. The, the current cathedral neighborhood plan is 37 years out of date at this point. <laughs> That's how long <laughs> the cathedral has been waiting for their crescents heritage district and that's how long they've been waiting for a new neighborhood plan um and the neighborhood plan for cathedral is not expected to start until 2024 or 25 so it's still three to four possibly even five years off so um and we don't know if what would come out of this neighborhood plan is an actual heritage conservation district for the Crescents. It could simply be a recommendation, like was in the original one from 40 years ago, to look into having one. So we could be waiting another 40 years for this uh, heritage conservation district. I suspect Mayor Masters will not be impressed by this report. <laughs> so that's no. tomorrow.
0: Wow. Wow. No.
1: Okay, um, sorry, very quickly, last item. Mm-hmm. Again, heritage. Holy Rosary Community School in the Cathedral neighborhood. Uh, the Regina Catholic School District is considering tearing it down, shutting it down, or selling it off. They don't, don't know if it's going to get torn down, but the plan would be to shut the school, move the students to somewhere else, and sell off the building. Uh, that came to the board this week. And uh, after uh, weeks of uh, discussion and investigation, uh, they came up with a, uh, a plan to extend the life of Holy Rosary School till the end of this year. Uh, they passed a motion last night that reads, the board approves the, an extension of the Holy Rosary Community School review period until December 31st to allow an opportunity to find sustainable partners and develop a board approved business plan. If partners cannot be found, the board will move to close Holy Rosary Community School on June 30th, 2022. So, a um, few open questions from that are like, what is a sustainable partner? Um, and who will be seeking them out? So I reached out to Vicki Bonnell, the uh, the chair of the Catholic school division, she said that, uh, the board will be striking a committee to try and come up with this business plan, but it will be involving the community and the administration of the school. As for what a sustainable partner even means, uh, she said that it's one that would commit to a long-term relationship with the school and community. When I asked, uh, but what do you have in mind? Like what kind of a partner, um, she would only say that we have no predetermined partners in mind. We want to keep all options open. We, but we certainly want a partnership that complements and embraces our Catholic school and the community. And later on, she pointed out that they're going to keep all options open uh, that respect our Catholic identity. Um, And so that's, pretty much it uh we do know that they're selling there's an adjacent building that's attached to the school which is the catholic education center which is their division office they are trying to sell that as well so i don't know if like how they'll sever those two but that's a separate thing uh mm-hmm. Ms. bonnell says but uh yeah so we don't know what kind of partner they're looking for if they're going to be looking for say taking on some classes from the public school division or um Perhaps offices for the diocese, or I don't know. It has to respect the Catholic identity. I don't know what that means. I don't know how that's going to limit the choices that they're going to have. So
0: you know, you know, it does respect uh, Catholic identity. What? Zardoz? Does he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Put him on. Put him on a pair of skates. Send him around on ice. You got yourself a a a partner for for the for the community. You put one of those pope hats on him. <laughs> yeah. a
1: miter. Put a miter on his
0: Oh yeah, get 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 him get him one around with a miter, swinging yeah. a sensor. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Pope Zardoz. Pope Zardoz. Pope Zardoz the first. Yeah, of the Regina downtown. Of the Regina. <laughs> Bob Zardoz of the Regina Downtown Zardozes.
1: Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's it. That, those are all the items that we had to cover this week.
0: Okay. Well, uh, over a thousand anonymous people from Harbour Landing really loved this episode.
1: Did they? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't just you, like filling out the form over and over and over again?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, no? I did farm it out to a couple of friends, but sure.
1: Nice. Well, that's that's heartening. That's good to know. Yes. Because I really so, didn't think we'd be big with the Harbor Landing crowd.
0: Neither did I, but uh, apparently uh, apparently, if you say you're from Harbor Landing, uh, you know, several hundred times in a row, uh, you're from Harbor Landing. Yeah.
1: You know who doesn't like Harbor Landing?
0: Who doesn't like Harbor Landing? Zardoz. No, no, sir. He does not.
1: bunch of gunheads out in Harbor Landing. That's what he says.
0: That's right. Just, <laughs> just he's got to got to defeat them and bring down society over in Harbor Landing. Yeah, we all know it. Yeah. Anyways, is there anything
1: else? I I have nothing else.
0: Uh, I'm. I, I my my agenda is uh, is empty, as okay. it was at the start. And uh, so so shall it rain.
1: Mine is depleted.
0: All right. So should we? uh move to adjourn? I think we should. All right. Um, Motion is carried. Meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Zardoz Bureau on 91.3 FM, CGTR, Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Uh, Your hosts are Zardoz and Zardoz. Music by Zardoz, a.k.a. Brian Hill. Uh, We hear broadcast live on Thursday evenings, 7 to 8, and again, Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. If you want to hear us again and talk about Zardoz. Uh, also you can find us on, uh, at Queen City AB on Twitter at www.queensityab.com and you can hear our past episodes on cgtr.ca slash podcast I highly recommend it um, we talk a lot less about Zardoz on other episodes wow. so that might be your bag. Uh, yep yeah, that's it uh, coming up next is uh, Zardoz and then more Zardoz and uh, that's all there is forever and ever uh, keep on improving,